Hello everyone, welcome to Understand Murdoch, a podcast series underneath the umbrella of Understand South Carolina from The Post and Courier. I'm Nathan Stevens. As we dive deeper into the saga of Alex Murdoch, a bevy of other characters rise into the limelight. This includes one Russell Lafitte, whose trial over an alleged fraud scandal that ties him to Murdoch begins this week. I'm sitting down with Thad Moore, a Post and Courier investigative reporter who has covered the Murdoch saga for more than a year. How are you, Thad? I'm good. How are you? Good. So let's start with the obvious question and the most basic question. Who is Russell Lafitte? So Russell Lafitte is a native of Hampton County. He grew up in the town of Varnville, um, and he he grew up in a family that owned the local bank. Uh, it's called Palmetto State Bank. Um, they bought the bank in 1955, and... Um, basically, he after he graduated high school, he uh, spent a few years farming, then went off to college and came back um, and got a job as a teller at the bank. And then over the years, sort of moved up the ranks um, to where he was the CEO um, for a couple of years. Um, so he became the CEO in 2020, um, and then he was fired at the start of this year in response to all of the all of this, which we'll we'll get into. Um, but the next part, because, of course, this is what this podcast is about, what is his specific connection to the Murdoch family? So, um, I mean, that's pretty much the core of the case. I, I think uh, so Lafitte is the only defendant right now in the federal investigation into all of this. Uh, but Murdoch's Alex Murdoch is all over these court filings, even the indictment. Um, they, they don't call him by name in the indictment. They call him the bank customer, and I think it's in there like sixty times or something. Um, but basically, they're they're both sort of the the sons of prominent families in Hampton County. Um, so Murdoch, obviously prominent lawyer, his family's firm is really prominent. Lafitte family, Lafitte's family owns the bank, um, and as a result, the law firm they're getting these like giant settlements and verdicts. Um, they become one of the biggest customers at Palmetto State Bank um, outside of like a government is what Lafitte testified. Um, and they actually grew up across the street from each other um, is what he said in court. Um, but he says they weren't especially close. He's just a couple years younger. So he was really closer with um, Alex's younger brother. So the way the way uh, Lafitte sort of characterizes his relationship with Alec is that uh, it was really more of a business relationship. But I think as we've learned through um, the court testimony and uh, indictments, um, they sort of became more entangled as time went on, which is sort of the crux of this current case. Okay, so what's the starting point then of the current case and where Lafitte plays into it? So I guess maybe taking a step back. So Alec is a personal injury lawyer. So he's representing a lot of families who have been in car crashes and things like that. Um, and often um, there are uh, people he's representing who um, somebody needs to look after their money. So let's say it's a minor uh, whose family was hurt in a car crash or somebody died in a car crash and their estate uh, wins a settlement. Um, they need somebody, the courts need somebody to look after that money. And so basically the prosecution's case um, and this actually, the basic points of this, Lafitte doesn't really dispute, is that on at least a half dozen occasions, um, Murdoch and others in his firm used Russell Lafitte as a conservator, uh, which is like for a minor, or a personal representative, which is, let's say it's like an estate for somebody who's died. 
Um, so they're basically having him as the court-appointed guardian for these funds. Um, and the prosecution's contention is that by getting Lafitte in that position, um, Murdoch was essentially able to then access client money, um, which is what the trial's all about. But with that in mind, that's our base. That's the foundation for this specific trial. What are the big questions that might come up that may change things for Lafitte, may change things for the prosecution, or even for Murdoch? Yeah, so the the core question, I think, I'm obviously not a lawyer, but my understanding of this case is it's all about intent. So when Lafitte, Lafitte took the like really unusual step of not only just testifying in his defense, but um, doing so at a pretrial hearing. So back in September, he, he testified for almost two hours. Um, and pr- the prosecution basically went through the nuts and bolts of their case. Um, and there's a lot that he does not dispute. Um, he doesn't dispute, for instance, that he made loans to himself and to Murdoch from these accounts that he was entrusted with. He doesn't dispute that he handled checks that um, Murdoch had, had recut allegedly to um, divert client money. Um, the question is, did he know what was going on? And essentially, was he like a willful participant in this in this alleged scheme? He obviously disputes that he was. Um, and he said that, you know, he, he just was simply following the instructions of this attorney who he trusted and had no reason not to trust. That's a, a defense that um, he's, he's going to be probably putting forth at the trial. But anyway, in order to prove fraud, you have to show intent. And that's, that's really the, the crux of um, how this case is going to play out. So it hinges on Lafitte having intent to do fraud rather than I am a misguided portion of this. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's the question of was he sort of um, an unwitting enabler, sort of, or is he a willful participant? That's, that's what it comes down to. Is there anything that says we're going to get an immediate resolution? Is this going to be dragged out? Do we have a schedule in mind? Yeah, so the plan is the jury selection will start on, on November 8th, which is Election Day, and it's expected to last about two weeks. Um, obviously, who knows what could happen, um, but that's, that's the current expectation. Just a quick break here. You can get more bonus insight and behind-the-scenes analysis on the Murdoch saga by subscribing to the Post and Courier's Murdoch News Premium Newsletter. We'll answer your questions, share photos you can't see anywhere else, and text you as news breaks. Subscribe today by visiting postandcourier.com slash Murdoch News. Now we'll get back to the interview. Yeah, we should be saying we are recording this and releasing this before this happens as a refresher for everybody coming in on this very complicated series of cases within cases. Yeah, for sure. It's super wonky. And um, yeah, it's all about uh, making these loans and and uh, distributing bank money. And it's, uh, it's really a, a tangle of all these cases and money transacting between accounts it's it's hard to keep straight what could be the ramifications for bank customer or murdoch from this if say lafitte pleads guilty or information comes out during the trial that may also add on to his legal woes that's an interesting question i really don't know if there is how much would come out 
because um, I think a lot is already known. Um, I, I think it will be interesting to see, like, do do the feds decide to indict Murdoch? They he clearly is all over this. Um, I, I don't know what the exact statutes would be, and obviously he's got plenty of legal jeopardy in state court. Um, Lafitte also has jeopardy in state court. He has, I think, twenty one counts in state court. Um, but yeah, Lafitte's the only federal um, defendant. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess we don't know what we don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly something could come out. Um, but uh, it seems like we know a lot already. And that's another monkey wrench in this, which is it's federal and state. There are charges on multiple levels here. Which is also why, which is why Lafitte's going first, because the feds are moving faster, essentially, on this. Yeah. Okay. Well, Thad, are you, you're going to be reporting on that? You're going to be in the courtroom? Yeah. Uh, eight hours of staring at a wall? Hopefully eight hours, <laughs> not more. <laughs> well, Greg, thank you so much for taking the time out. Thank you, listeners, for listening in on this. We hope this was a good primer for the case because as we keep diving deeper and deeper, we only find more and more webs that tangle in on themselves. So thank you again, Pat. Yeah, sure thing. That's all for now. As always, stay tuned with The Post and Courier for the latest updates in this case. You can follow along at postandcourier.com slash Murdoch hyphen updates slash. Follow us at Twitter at Post and Courier. And we encourage you to send questions, feedback, and tips to our Murdoch email address. That's Murdoch at postandcourier.com. Today's episode was hosted by Nathan Stevens and Thad Moore. Produced by Nathan Stevens. Music was provided by Lexan Music. We'll see you next time.